0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. we got Steve Lorenz back in here. Uh, Thank you so much to David Eichholt yesterday, helping us get to know the Hawkeyes and and preview the matchup. Uh, I know some of the Michigan content that we discussed, you've probably heard before, or or have might have been a little repetitive. So uh, with that in mind, we're going to do a a shorter version of our, our more traditional preview. I don't think either of us can pretend to break down Iowa better than Eicholt did, but um, we can still talk about some of the topics that are going on with the Wolverines, some of the things we're watching uh, from the Maize and Blue this weekend. That said, I think we can probably jump right into our over-unders, and we'll just thread in different uh, topics or subjects or things we're looking out for throughout because there are 12 over-unders after all. Last week, I beat you. I went 8 out of 12. You went 6 out of 12, uh, even though I think you got all the passing points right. But I'm 31 out of 50, and Steve is 28 out of 50. But Steve, let's start with Shea Patterson, 249.5 passing yards for Patterson. Um, I'll let you go first, and and then and then I'll throw you my answer. Uh,
1: 249. Mm -hmm. I, I gotta say under. Okay. Not not indicative maybe of a lack of success that Michigan will have. I just 240. What do you have? 276 last week. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll play safe. Go with the under. I think they're gonna, I think they'll be able to run the ball a little more effectively
0: than people believe they will on Saturday. So mm. I'll, I'll take the under on that. Okay, I'm gonna take the over. <laughs> I don't know where they're gonna, where or how they're gonna run the ball. Uh, it, Iowa, I, you know, they haven't been tested. We've t- we'll, we talked about it yesterday, but at the same time, Rutgers and Middle Tennessee are are pretty decently run heavy teams, and they couldn't do. A, Anything. They're not good, but they're averaging seventy eight rushing yards per game. Meanwhile, Iowa State, granted, they didn't win the game, but the Cyclones threw for three hundred and twenty seven yards against Iowa in their home stadium. So Michigan will be in its home stadium. And I think they're gonna opt I think Michigan will opt to pass my hunch. Uh because I'm just looking at the the front seven versus the back four or the back six or you know however however you want to break it down. Iowa has they have um, Michael Ojemudia, familiar last name to Michigan fans, and then three freshmen, either redshirt freshman or true freshman at corner. That's their two deep. And then the safety position, they lost their two starters last year. Gino, Gino Stone is pretty good. He was kind of their viper type last year. They've moved him back to safety. But everyone else is new. I really think if, if Michigan's going to win, I think they're going to win through the air. Um, and I, I think that's a testament to both Michigan's run game, which we'll talk about in a moment, but also just the, I think the past games better, and I think Iowa's past defense is probably probably the one area they haven't found an answer yet. Now, granted, they've won, they have the tenth best scoring margin in the country, but they haven't faced a quarterback like Shea Patterson. They haven't faced a, a receiver group like Michigan's. So I'm gonna say over uh, number two, two point five players with at least four receptions. I will say over. I think. I think, and Steve, I'm curious your thoughts on this. I feel like, I feel like Michigan know kind of saw in the Wisconsin game, and then and then a little bit against Rutgers, uh, passing is the way to go. It's 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 probably their ticket to success. Now, if Michigan is able to run the ball effectively, they probably should because Iowa does lead. I think they lead the nation. Ike was telling me yesterday, 46 interceptions. I want to say in the last five seasons, and that leads the country. Uh, that's pretty good. If it's a different amount of seasons, I apologize, but a lot of big interception team, so you probably want to avoid it. But I, I do think I do think Michigan has a nice strength of spreading the ball around. I think they have several different pass catchers who can get uh, four receptions, so I think they get at least three players to do that. What say you?
1: Yeah, I take the over as well.
0: Same logic. Yeah, the interception numbers
1: high. You, you the youth though you talked about. There's no Desmond King back there. There's no uh, Monty Hooker. Was it, or Jackson? I think was another guy. Mm-hmm. Would he have like three pick three picks against Ohio State last year? So, um, I'll take I'll take the over on that one. I think they spread the ball. I mean, they've started to spread the ball around a little bit more. You know, People's Jones right. is back. It kind of felt like and again, um, it's Rutgers, but <laughs> you know they they did. It felt like they did enough to keep to feed everybody enough. Last yeah. Saturday. And there's going to, like I said, I think there's going to be that push and pull, you know, and, and it won't be, we talked, we've kind of used that term to describe Ronnie Bell as far as, you know, all the attention paid to the other, the bigger names has opened things up for him. So with him succeeding, maybe it'll open things back up for everybody else. But there are push and pulls within even just the three, the the main three in Collins, Black, and Peoples-Jones, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a situation where, there's just too much talent for them. As long as there's an ample amount of time to throw the football, there's just too much talent for somebody to not be open almost every time they drop back to throw the football, right? I mean, it, it, unless unless the defense really makes a concerted effort to focus on the pass, and then in which case you start to run the football, which is an even more grand scheme of push and pull right there. So mm-hmm. um, I'll say over, though. I think they keep feeding the ball around around the – Around the block, around the whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah, Michigan's never been a feed feed the machine type of passing team. Granted, they haven't always had a receiver. I'm thinking like a Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota, or although he's starting to share carries, or Rondell Moore. They, they haven't necessarily had someone like that, but they also, I think they realize that the most efficient way to play football is to spread that passing game around. Don't just don't make it a you know one on one matchup. Make it you know someone's going to be open in theory, if, if you're running your routes correctly, someone's going to be open on every play.
1: Right. I can't think of a, even, you know, with Manningham, there was Arrington, there was Avant with Edwards. I think Avant was around for that too. And then Breston was there. I mean, yeah, they've never been a, I mean, guys have had big games, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's never been a, like, I think it was, was it Michael Floyd? Against Michigan, way back in the day, who had like seventeen or eighteen catches or something. they just kept dropping back and just throwing him the ball. Mm. I mean, there's really been never a a deal like that for Michigan, at least in the macro sense, where there's got a guy that you know that they're going to feed the ball. You know, there's nobody on the roster we can we could predict on Saturday is going to get like thirteen or fourteen targets. Right. Right. right? I mean, that, so yeah,
0: they'll they'll go to whoever's making catches, right? And that's right. what Jake Rudock did with Ju Chesson toward the end of the 2015 season. That's what. Um, Devin Gardner did with Jeremy Gallon during, what was it, the 2013 season. You know, there, you are, know, all, there Gallen, are comfort
1: things. Gallon might be the closest one to that, actually. I know he's not, you know, looked at as your classic Michigan, but he might be the one that's actually closest to fitting the bill for them in that regard historically because they did feed him the ball quite a bit, you know, when he was, uh, what, junior, senior season or whatever. Yeah, like you talked about Gardner. so. Um, kind of ironic with some of the, you know, I think Gallon statistically is still one of the statistically one of the best receivers Michigan's ever had, but not <laughs> one that you'd put on like the Mount Rushmore necessarily right, right. of Michigan receivers. So, yeah, yeah I agree.
0: Um, moving on, 27 and a half touches for Zach Charbonnet and Christian Turner. So that was a big storyline this week. I, Steve, maybe you can help me make sense of this. Their their limited discussion is just so bizarre, and I, I get what they're saying is that they don't want they don't want Charbonnet to get 33 carries, but to go from 33 to two to five, clearly there was something with a bye week in between. I get that they want to get Turner more involved, and I and they will. I mean he's he's good. I think the I think there's a narrative that he's some scrub. No, he's he was someone that was pushing to be the number. Th- to be a rotation running back before he had injuries last year, he started in the Peach Bowl. You know, I don't think that he's. It's not Charbonnet, a huge gap, and then Turner. Like I think that in D, in theory they want them both to be running backs. I don't know. What do you what do you make of this of this carry split carry discussion? Uh, what do you make of the run game? Because frankly, I, I think the fact that it wasn't that efficient against Rutgers, I. It's Rutgers, but I do think that that is one scenario where it was rough against Wisconsin. Some of this is the blocking. I don't think it's all. I don't think it's. I think it's one third on the running backs. Uh, But then it wasn't. It wasn't a high point against Rutgers. We talked about it this past weekend. So I guess what do you make of it? Twenty seven and a half touches. It kind kind of depends on how the game goes. I think if Michigan's winning, they will easily. I think I'm predicting it to be a close game. So I'm going to say under. Uh, So what's your uh, over-under pick? And then what did you make of maybe Jay's comments yesterday and then Jim's comments on Monday? Kind of this this carry get-in. I just assumed Charbonnet was banged up, and that's why he was limited. They're making it sound like this was a willing thing that they did.
1: Under, first of all, because I still think you're going to see True Wilson on the field and does Haskins particularly in, a few more touches than he used to. Hey, hey, I liked what he did on Saturday. I he he. How do I say it? He didn't come off as like a diverse runner as far as a lot of it was straight line through the hole type running. But I did like what he brought to the table as as a potential. I think you could look at him as a potential short yardage type guy, uh, depending on the scenario. As far as here, here's the thing about the management thing. You're down 14 to nothing at the snap of a finger against Wisconsin. So you're already in a position where you're going to be throwing the ball a lot. You know, I think they just went away from the run period in that game. I don't think it was as much about a particular running back getting or not getting carries in that game.
0: Yeah, they had 11 designed running plays in that game. Yeah, I mean, so... 13, 13, sorry, but still... Thing. I
1: know they're coming. I know they're coming off a bye week in that situation. But again, if you're down that much, you were preaching the whole. You were preaching that week that Turner had come a long ways in pass protection. You remember he struggled against, I think it was Army, mm-hmm. uh, where he whiffed a couple plays. So, you know, you take the 33 carries against Army, you get the bye week. You say Turner's progressed this far in the past in the pass protection aspect of his game. You're down 14 to zip. You're already going away from the running game. Why not use that as an opportunity to get Charbonnet a little bit of extra rest? Then you move into Rutgers, where again it, it's it's Rutgers. Like that's why you see a guy like Hassan. Ha- that's why you want to see a guy like Hassan Haskins get you know a lot of carries. You also have you have True Wilson coming back for the first time, and uh, this is it the first time he's played all year? Correct? No, he played. He played. Did he last played it? Week. That's right. He, sorry, he, he he got hurt against Middle Tennessee. Yeah, he got correct?
0: hurt during the game, and then last week he did play. It wasn't much. Um, right. But props again, to him, by the way, just a quick aside <laughs> straight up just playing with a broken hand two weeks, sure. three weeks after it happened. Um, I, I'm sure that he, he'll be limited because I don't think they want to necessarily have him re break it. But yeah, he just like shrugged it off. We were like, did it hurt to play? And he's like, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like a, very, yes. very yeah. true Wilson esque.
1: Right. So, you know, you get him some of his first game action back. And again, and we're and we're talking about how we want that the coaches have made it. You know, they're gonna want to get multiple guys carries to begin with. So I'm not as buying the whole. Now was he 100? percent Not necessarily, right? I just think that in both of these specific games, Wisconsin, Rutgers, there were very easy logical reasons why you did not see a heavy dose of him. Uh, you know, in in either of those games, I like I put it this way: if Michigan plays a close game against Wisconsin, I have a hard time believing that he only carries the ball three or four times or two times or whatever he carried. Mm-hmm. It really. Like I just don't, you know. I I think the context of that game changed the way they used him, and then in, with Rutgers, as you saw in the second half, it really became an opportunity for a lot of other you know, guys like Haskins and then, you know, guys at other positions too, like Schoonmaker at tight end, like guys like that to get an opportunity to, you know, get on the field and and get some legitimate reps. So not as down on them or as as not buying into that whole idea, you know, I mean, could it be wrong there? Possibly. I think tomorrow, again, like tomorrow will be with a lot of things, probably answer some of those types of questions that we've had the last couple of weeks, you know, because it's, even with Turner making some progress, I thought he looked good running the ball last Saturday. Again, like you said, I think the it's it's a much it's been much less of a running back issue as it's been an offensive line issue right now run, with them running the ball. But I I still believe that Charbonnet probably their best option at the end of the day, right, on a carry to carry basis. So we may learn more in that regard tomorrow. But I I I just I feel like that there's been legit explanations as to why his usage was. Maybe a little bit lower, not a little bit lower, a lot lower mm-hmm. uh, than it was against Army. Mm-hmm. He's a freshman, you know, and and he did have the knee. You know, Michigan knows he, this isn't this is a guy that's going to be really important to the future of the program, you know. So and you have a, another capable back in Turner, you have another capable back in Wilson. Like I said, who comes back last week? You got to get him on the if if he's if if they believe he's healthy enough to play, you want to get him on the field. Uh, and then like I said, Haskins, you're blowing it you're blowing Ruckers out. You know, that's a guy that they've talked up a little bit and like I said, I thought he looked pretty solid in his first real like extended action, you know, is to get him some carries. So yeah, not fully buying it. I'm like I'm like eighty five percent not buying it, fifteen percent maybe he was a little banged up and they've just been, you know, taking a little bit lighter with him. But I just think that they've made a concerted effort to just lessen his workload just because they know how important he's going to be. He wasn't – they weren't going to beat Wisconsin if they ran him 15 times. They weren't going to lose to Rutgers if they ran him 15 times, right? Sure. I mean, that's – so why – he's talented as hell. Like, they don't need to – like, they, he doesn't need to show them anything, I don't think. I think that's part of it, too, is he's kind of already earned that we know what you have, you know, you're going to play when you're – when when we need
0: you, you're going to play, you know, type deal. So. hmm Fair enough. Uh, next one, three and a half tackles for loss and turnovers on offense for Michigan. That's a that's a low number against a good defense. I think I think I'm I'm gonna take the take the over. Wisconsin doesn't have or uh, excuse me, Iowa doesn't have a lot of sacks this year. I think it's I think their defensive line has four. I think they might have one or two spare ones, given how badly they've beaten teams and the offensive lines that they have faced. That's not very many. Now, teams have changed their scheme and basically said, we're just going to throw screens so we don't give up a sack. But it's hard for me to to say AJ Epineza couldn't potentially get two sacks himself. Turnovers, I do think it will cool down. But three and a half, basically, if they give up three sacks and turn the ball over once, or, turn, or give up two sacks and turn the ball over twice, I lose. And uh I, I think I think Iowa gets to four total among those two categories. But I don't think they get you know, if it was set at four and a half, I don't I think I'd take the under there. Because I, I do think Iowa's still looking for more answers on its defensive front. And while they do have a very interception heavy defense, it doesn't necessarily mean that the true freshman or the first time starters are gonna do it. But I'll take the over. I'm predicting exactly four, so I'll take the over. But I wouldn't take the over at four and a half. Uh,
1: just for the sake of being different, and because a lot of turnovers are luck dependent, I'm just gonna take the under. I do think I'm so su- that stat about them with the sacks is very surprising because it's not just Epenesa who's talented. I mean, they have some other talented guys up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rucker's defense or offensive line is porous at best. Um, that's a surprising stat, but I'll still take the under, like, or uh, I'll take the under just because, like I said, I think a lot of turnovers are relatively luck dependent, and I think Michigan. I think last week may have served well to get Patterson into more of a rhythm. Yeah, and I think you, I know he either. I think there were one or two plays last week where he kind of did held on, maybe held onto the ball a little too long and rushed a couple throws. I, I, you saw less and less of that again. Opponent dependent. Iowa's going to be way better up front, right? But a lot of it may just be just simply getting into a rhythm and getting a feel for, you know, one two three throw or one two three read, you know, that type of deal. Uh, more important for him. So I think I think you're going to see as the year goes on. I think they're going to be more, uh, well, less likely to turn the ball over as they get more comfortable in the scheme.
0: Mm-hmm. Next one, one: thirty nine and a half yards receiving from Nick Eubanks. That's very. It's very random, Neil. I don't know what to do with that one. I'm going to take under just because I don't know if I would predict him. I can never dial, you know, write this down and say this is a Nick Eubanks game. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a thinly veiled way for them to try to gauge if we think Sean McHugh is going to play. Uh, I'm going to say under, but it's not. has nothing to do with anything. I mean, I haven't heard anything on Sean McCune's status. Um, I just think that's a heavy, that's a high number to predict. A tight end who does not do that every game.
1: So I'm actually, I'm going to take the over and I'm actually going to take a recruiting angle on this one. So Michigan's top remaining tight end target in 2020, Theo Johnson is expected to visit on Saturday. You always want to impress these kind of guys when they're on campus. Now we talked, I actually talked about this on the board with somebody this morning. It's like, I've always wondered if there's a concerted effort in those types of situations, right? You have a five-star wide receiver on campus. Maybe you're a great running – you run the ball really well. Do you throw the ball just a little bit more to, you know, peak peak that kid's interest or whatever? Michigan really, really, really wants Theo Johnson. He's long been one of their top overall targets regardless of position. I, I'm just – I'm going to go over just because I, I – this is more of a uh, acid test. Or a litmus test. What's it is that the acid base test, right? Is that the or the strip?
0: Litmus test? Might have might have uh, lost me. I don't know. Um
1: <laughs> No, but isn't it that the thing you put the strip in the water, it turns a color. Oh, so th- this will be test, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This I think litmus test I think is really the right term though. I, I'm I'm using this as more of a litmus test to maybe uh actively watch to see how Eubanks does because A, I don't think they're gonna rush McCune back because I think Eubanks looked good last Saturday, not just receiving wise, but I think scheme wise, blocking wise look good. And Eric all as well
0: mm-hmm.
1: has really come along very quickly as a guy who he looks like somebody who's going to be a, a impact player for them at, at some point. So I don't think there's really a rush to bring McCune back. Um, so, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with the over. I think Eubanks. banks, I think they, I just think they try to make him a little more of a factor, get that big time recruit, Thinking a little bit more about Michigan, and uh, so I'm going to go that round. I'm gonna say over.
0: Okay, I like the, I like the different angle there. Uh, last offensive one four and a half drives into the red zone. I'll say, I mean, I'll probably get 12 to 13 drives, but they can also score from outside the red zone. I'll say under. I'll say it's four. I I, I could see them scoring on a on a big play. You know, maybe Because if it's twenty-five yard passing touchdown, then it doesn't count as a red zone trip. Um, for another another good over under though by Neil, because I'd put it somewhere between four and five. Uh, so I'll take I'll take the under. I'm actually gonna agree
1: with you. Like you said, it, they could score a touchdown from outside the twenty. I mean, not saying that they're like they're gonna score three touchdowns from outside the twenty, but they may even if you just get one. Mm-hmm. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates price and coverage
0: match limited by state law.
1: That takes away a possible red zone spot, right? And you know you're not you're not going to succeed every drive, so no, I'll go with the under on that one, but that is a good that is a good over under because that's I'm I'm with you pretty much across the board on that one. I feel like that's a
0: the right over under number. Okay, on the defense, 4.55 yards per rush given up by the defense. I don't know what to make of this because i was running backs look a lot better than they did last year i you know i, th- I think um Mickey Sargent is pretty efficient but so is torn young so is goodson they're they're true freshmen uh you know kelly kelly martin that's his last name I, th- I think he started a few games last year he's like their fourth he's like fourth on their team and and carries listed as their third string back so i think the group is elevated and it's more efficient Tristan Wirfs is a is a machine at run blocking. I mean, maybe you know, all American caliber. Don't know enough about offensive tackles to say that with absolute certainty, but but seems like it might be the best at it in the entire Big Ten. I will, but at the same time, I think Michigan has done a sneaky because Jonathan Taylor and Army kind of made it look bad, but I think they've done a sneaky decent job of stopping the run. At least from an efficiency standpoint, so I'm gonna say, I'll say under. Well, I don't know. I, I'm tempted to say over because that's what the stats say. Maybe I'm just buying into Michigan's run defense more than I should be. I'll say under.
1: Uh, I'm gonna say under too. Yeah, because like you said, the Army game more than you know. I, I think it can be maybe. I mean, it can be excused. When you're playing against Jonathan Taylor, even in last year's game where Michigan blew out Wisconsin, I think he averaged more than that. A carry didn't he?
0: Taylor Michigan, did. I, I don't know that the team did. It,
1: sure. I, I, is this sack adjusted or not? I mean, that's the stupid. That's the stupid part. Like, what if? They Let's say it is. Let's first? say
0: it is. Since that's the argument. If it is
1: carry. sack adjusted, okay. But um, well, if it is sack adjusted, then I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the under then. Or no. Well, I'll take the under either way. But. You know, I think, like I said, you take away the sacks last year that Michigan got against Wisconsin, I think Taylor averaged more than that alone, right? So, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do regardless of, and I'm only looking at this operating for this from the number that he gave us, not that Taylor ran for a lot more than that this year, but he was going to get that regardless, and then Army only runs the football. So yeah, I think their rushing stats defensively are just... Yeah, slightly misleading in that people may be looking at Michigan thinking that they can't stop the run when in actuality they really basically just got beasted by probably the best running back in the country. Uh so I'm going I'm going to go with the under on that one. I think I agree with you that I think their rush defense is better than what the experts may It's more you got
0: more than the number in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um by the way, I was averaging 5.15 yards per carry. So it's not even like they're I, I they're more efficient. I guess they weren't that much more efficient than I thought. Um, Such an Iowa number. Yeah, well it's weird because subpar
1: opponents average 5 yards a kick. It's like it's consistent but it's not yeah,
0: like elite, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I I will say uh, one thing to keep in mind is that this is a different kind of Iowa offense than what we're used to seeing and that leads us into our next one. Nate Stanley throws for 229.5 yards. I'm going to say over. I think you know, this is the we we mentioned this in August. This is the first game where Michigan faces a team that can win through the air because Jack Cohn did fine, and and I, I, you know, no dig at Middle Tennessee or Rutgers, but if they were going to beat Michigan, it was going to be through some explosive run plays or turnovers or um, you know defense standing tall. For Wisconsin, it was all three. But um, this is a Stanley's got a got a good arm. He can he can throw it downfield and. He doesn't have T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant. I thought that was going to hurt him more than it has. They have some athletic sure. wide receivers. You know, Amir Smith Marset was the Big Ten Returner of the Year last year. Uh, Nico is a, a redshirt freshman that, that caught my eye. Um, you know, they've, they've really got four guys, and for fan, Michigan fans to have some context, I don't know where Oliver Martin would have sift, you know, settled at Michigan in the receiving game. I'm guessing fifth or sixth. Well, he's the number five guy for the Hawkeyes, and so it's it's not like that group is slouches either. Uh, I think they're going to try to try to dart the ball around, and I I believe in Michigan's run defense, so I think that they're going to be Iowa's going to be tasked to throw the ball a little bit more. I haven't checked the weather. Hopefully, this doesn't age terribly. But. I think
1: it's high. I, last I knew, it was high fifties with
0: a low chance of precipitation. Okay, all right, then I'll I'll stick by it. I I think. I think it is kind of a it's it's a little bit more of an aired out offense they have a few more passing targets and you know even Sargent, their top running back he has a third his 100 receiving yards already so yeah i think stanley's good he his his road numbers aren't great and i know david eicholt brought up his 18 for 49 passing performance at penn state last year notable certainly not not trying to be ignorant of that but it's I think he can get up to two thirty. I think th- I think they want him to. I think that's a big part of it. It's not it's not the typical Iowa team, where you kind of have a game manager passer. I think they I think they want him to make some plays. He's a senior, third year starter, has what sixty touchdowns in his career. Uh, I think think they want him to air it out a little bit. Hmm.
1: So you got about a thousand yards through what four five games? Four mm-hmm. games. Four games. Yep. That's a tough one.
0: Three of them were blowout uh, nature. True.
1: But their backups only attempted 10 passes, so it's not, it doesn't appear that they gave him a lot of run through the air. Uh, Boy. I'm going to say un, I'm going to go under. I, this is one of those I think it's just so hard that I'm just going to go the opposite of you just so we can <laughs> eventually get a winner out of this thing. The weather... Fifty-seven with no was actually right now it says zero percent chance of pers- so the the conditions should be I mean is it there is there wind I didn't even see wind uh, uh, nine miles an hour so you know optimal conditions to throw the football if you want to right mm-hmm. so uh yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the under it'll be close that that's gonna be a close one though you know if if he if they go over I suspect it it may be because if Michigan jumps out to a good start. You got to throw the ball a bit more, but I'm, I'm going to go with the under. Michigan's usually done a decent job of slowing down teams that try to volume pass. Yeah, that's true. You know, and that's that's one that's one area I feel like Michigan schematically has has always done really well in most instances. Not every instance, but um, I feel like they can match up with Iowa, a defensive backfield.
0: Yep. Next one, two and a half catches for Oliver Martin. I'm going to take the under. He didn't even play more than two snaps against Iowa State. The only other game on their schedule so far that has been high leverage. I this isn't a slight at him. I, I you know I Eichel mentioned that he's learning three different receiver positions. They're throwing right. a lot at him. He's learning a new offense. He didn't necessarily know he was going to play. I mean, he didn't transfer until June, if I'm not if, if memory serves. So it's it was late. It's not like this was a he's had months and months to prepare. Um, I do think there are rumblings that he could play a little bit more. That they they liked the week that he had in practice. You can go check out our Iowa board for that. But I'm gonna say under. I'll I'd rather be proven wrong there because I just he only has five catches this year and that's with three blowout wins. And we just talked about how much Stanley's throwing the ball. So I'll say under. Under.
1: Yeah, it's like people think like, you know, he's a talent really talented player. I he definitely would have been on the field for Michigan this year. It's not easy to just it's this isn't like again, I always say it's not like Madden. <laughs> yeah. Where he does just like moves rosters and all of a sudden he can just walk you know, some guys are that talented, I guess, maybe, but there's still an acclimation period to learning the learning a, a new offense. And he has what, three three years of eligibility left? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I wouldn't think there'd be any rush there with him. I, I'd, you know, we'll see what they want to do with him. But we just got done. You know, there are what four other receivers on their roster who have more catches and are averaging over double the uh, double yards per catch that he is. So, you know, there, there's it's almost a situation where there's really no incentive for Iowa to run him out there if you have four. Yeah, you know, you can still there's you can still redshirt him. Why wouldn't you? I guess I don't know again that that's not because I think he's eventually going to be a really good player for him I think he's a very very talented player I think like I said would have been a would have been a piece to Michigan's puzzle this year but yeah I have to take the under there I mean that'd be such an outlier compared to what he's done so far and, Mm -hmm.
0: and you know so yeah unless they really want to prove that point but like Michigan isn't it wasn't a contentious controversial deal it was him going back to his hometown um Going where he's more comfortable, and you know it's not not a bad situation to be in. They're, they're a top fifteen team. Uh, five and a half tackles for loss and sacks for Michigan defense. Oh, it's hard to say that against. I don't know what Alaric Jackson's going to bring. He's a top fifty um, NFL draft prospect. He's been hurt the last couple games. He's back, but he wasn't listed as a starter, so I don't know if they know his full conditioning or health. Wurfs, I don't think anyone's getting by Wurfs. You know, he's he's that good. But the interior line is it's kind of I, I think it's it's not where Iowa's used to it being. And that's where maybe someone like Cam McGregor, if he can get, you know, blitz up the the B gap or the A gap, he's got that closing speed that could bring somebody down. I'm going to say under, though I think I think Iowa knows its weakness. I don't think it's going to be surprised by its interior, uh, you know, its offensive guard and center play. I think that they understand how to get around it, and they do have two very, very good tackles, two tackles who might get drafted next spring before any Michigan player gets drafted. So I'll say, I'll say under. Uh, I'll agree. Okay, next one: three and a half pass breakups plus interceptions by the secondary. Over. Over. Stanley is not immune to interceptions. I don't know that. I I do think Michigan's secondary is solid. I don't think it's going to get cooked all day. You know, it's, it's, I understand the irony of saying Stanley will throw for 230 plus yards. But that also means he's going to throw a lot. So there are going to be pass breakups or, or interceptions. So I'll say they get over.
1: Same. Yeah. I mean, if they, if we're predicting volume passing, then that means there are going to be ample opportunities for them. And I, yeah, like I said, I think I think Michigan's still got an excellent one, two at corner mm-hmm. with Hill and Thomas, right? I mean, Thomas has played really well to begin the year and Hill is Hill. So, um, and you know, I think gray's been exposed a little bit in the run game, but from a coverage standpoint, I think he still looked pretty solid you know Man. for a guy who's really on his first his first real run so yeah I'll say over
0: okay last one four and a half punts by Iowa that's got to be an over doesn't Iowa punt like more than anybody else in the country isn't that like the joke that they they punt to win and they have a pretty good punter so I don't think they're afraid to if if there's a chance instead of going for it they'll try to pin you back and see what they can do Plus, if they play 13, 14 drives in the game, if Michigan doesn't force a punt on five of them, they're they're in major trouble. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, you're talking about giving up thirty-five plus points, which I suppose could happen, but I'm not predicting to happen. So I'll say I'll say over four and a half punts.
1: That feels like the easiest one that we've had. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the the Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people jokingly predicting a three-to-two game. Oh, you know, it's like <laughs> so. It's like, uh, but no, I I have to take the over there. I'd be Michigan's in huge trouble if that is the un, if that's the under. I guess, I guess that's just right. the, the best way to put it. They're in massive trouble if that number is under four or under four and a half.
0: Finally, score pos- score position score prediction. Uh, I'll give a quick summary while you come up with yours, but. You know Iowa. I think. I think it's the the gap between the two teams from a talent perspective is closer than people realize. Like it's, this isn't Michigan against a team stuck in the mud. You know they have speed, they have playmakers, they they have future NFL players, uh, but and and they actually are really sound. I think I, if I'm not mistaken, they have one turnover and they have scored every time they've entered the red zone this season. That's like 26 attempts, so a pretty good sample size. They, they they execute, they convert. they think of maybe a, a rich man's northwestern where they're gonna they always play hard, they hit hard, they're physical, they don't mess up. That's I know those are a lot a lot of cliches people throw around. Oh, well coach, you know, play hard. But it it also means that they're not gonna go away. They're not gonna fall apart if Michigan goes out and scores a touchdown. So I think it'll be a close game. I think Michigan will win. And the reason why is I think they have the biggest mismatch on the field. You know, their receivers versus um, Iowa's secondary. I just, I unless, unless it's a terrible passing game or Michigan just had the complete wrong game plan, I think they're going to be able to put up some points and put up some yardage. We'll see. I, I understand that the passing game hasn't always been there against teams that are, Good and have good defenses, wouldn't be the first time. Uh, I mean, wouldn't be the first time in the past three weeks that a allegedly less talented team that plays hard and has a tradition of good off, good, good offensive and defensive line play and an established old school coach wouldn't be the first time they punched Michigan in the mouth because Wisconsin did it two weeks ago. But but I've got Michigan twenty seven, Iowa twenty. Steve, what say you? Uh,
1: I'm gonna say Michigan thirty one. Iowa 23. I think it's just a good, solid football game. I just think Michigan comes out on top. They're at home. What is Harbaugh has not lost to a non-Michigan State or Ohio State team at home, correct? Correct. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to – yeah, for all the negative stats they have out there on him, that's a pretty – Pretty positive stat going the other way, especially maybe, and not to go down this road, but really almost even more positive. You considered one of the Michigan State losses was maybe the flukiest play in college football history, and the other one was a game in which Michigan had a plus five or a negative five turnover ratio and still yeah. had the ball to win the game. You know, so they basically, long story short, Michigan has been much better at home. Than they have been on the road in games like this. It's just, it is a fact at this point. There's just the, the facts are clear as day at this point. I think, so I'm I'm gonna play the odds in that regard. I think
0: Michigan wins by a little. I think they cover. So there you have it. We're both predicting Michigan wins. Maybe not dominant Michigan wins, but it's a top 15 team. I don't I don't know. There's too many questions about the Wolverines. In my opinion. To, to predict that they'll come out guns a blazing and do this, I have hunches that I think they'll do this thing well and struggle with this thing, but but really both teams kind of kind of unknowns, hard to tell, uh, just just what kind of teams they are. What kind of team is Iowa? Uh, they did win on the road, but it's against a two and two Iowa State team. What do they look like against the Wolverines? And then Michigan, can they can they? Not get over the hump, because they they beat ranked, three ranked teams in a row last year, but maybe get back into a groove uh, offensively. And then also, can their defense hold up against what seems like a solid Hawkeyes offense? So there you have it. Check out all of our preview stories. Lots of lots of preview content for this game over at the MichiganInsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Won't want to miss it. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. And we will see you after this weekend uh, when we do the recap podcast.